welcome to Inside Jobs, the podcast for and about creative leaders at in-house agencies. Brought to you by IHAF, the forum for in-house agency professionals, and Express KCS, who execute agencies' creative ideas quickly, across all media, on brand, on time, and offshore. This edition is somewhat different from the usual, as I brought my microphone to IHAF's 2019 Leadership Summit. This year, hosted in Chicago by McDonald's at their shiny new headquarters, I started by seeking out friend of the show Emily Foster of IHAF and asking what the event is for. It's an intimate conference of all in-house agency senior managers and executives from across the country gathering for a day-long conference to share challenges and success stories and journeys that they've all been through. So there's quite a lot of people around me, so how many, how many are coming? We have 100 folks here in the room with us today from some of the top national brands that you probably know, like Coca-Cola, McDonald's, um, Experian, and a lot of others. Excellent. And who are we going to hear from? We're going to hear from Todd Miller of Experian, Matt Croft from McDonald's. We're also going to hear from Shani Sandy of IBM, and Deirdre Bigley and Michael Eisenreich from Bloomberg. Fantastic. And we get a tour of McDonald's HQ? We do. A VIP guided tour of the beautiful new headquarters they have here in Chicago. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. So first up to speak was IBM's Shani Sandy, whose thought-provoking talk on culture and the inevitable counterculture was the most optimistic thing I'd heard in a long time. And as she stepped down from the stage, I grabbed a few words, asking her first what her specific role at IBM was. Yeah, sure. So I am a design executive for IBM Z, and we focus primarily on creating products specifically for computing, um, analytics, AI, and I'm currently based out of our Poughkeepsie studio. Fantastic talk. Um, from, From craft to culture, what is it that you're trying to say today? Yeah. So, you know, for me, when I think about this idea of going from craft to culture, I think about taking the best parts of what we do is craft people, right? Whether that's coming up with campaign ideas, coming up with digital applications, whatever that is we do creatively, and actually applying that to culture. Actually saying, you know what? Our culture needs that same type of obsession and focus and figuring out what does that mean on the dimensions of people, the process, the practice, and actually the product we're putting into the world. So that's that's how I, how I envision this journey from going to craft and then moving into like designing culture. So you have a, a mission to get a unified culture within IBM, but you're incredibly spread out across the world. I mean, if, there are few companies that are going to be more international. So how can you hope to achieve this? The idea that I use to keep me motivated and focused is thinking about unifying the culture on a progression right so that the unification of our culture is not going to happen at one point in time it's going to be a progressive process so for example one of the things that i had mentioned in the talk was one of the first activities i want to do is go and see every single team meet them talk to them spend time it's a lot of fun (laughs) And it's not always, to be fair, it's not always possible for everyone, right? And so you have to get a little imaginative and think of ways to, to make that happen. But I think the teams really value when you come and spend time with them and listen to them. So that's number one, meeting every single person in the team face-to-face, in real life, as they say. I couldn't agree more, and that's, that's why I'm here in Chicago as well. It's the same deal, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
it's all about being in the same space as people. And you, you mentioned something about that, which I totally relate to because I have teams from India right the way through to the West Coast. And, and the fact that we do a lot of hangouts or video conferences now, but it's just not quite enough. What is it that you get in person that, that a video conference, no matter how intimate, simply can't give you? Yeah. There is sensibility that happens in person, meaning all of our senses are heightened, right? When we're just face-to-face -face with people. But I also think there's cultural nuance that we miss. And I think for me, that's actually been the most valuable and unexpected takeaway from being in person with people is that something that I may say in maybe flippant manner may not be taken as flippantly as I may think so, right? And so I think picking up on those like nuances that you just can't grasp from an interface or a, a FaceTime or whatever it is, that makes you understand, oh, I know what this person is like more than I could have ever imagined. I know what gets them going or, oh, that I know what ticks. And then this serendipity that happens too. I think that happens. That's an important part of it. Absolutely. So just one final thing. You said something that really struck with me. And I'm not sure if you're referring to the creative leader or whether you're referring to the, to the whole community within an organization. But you said that you are not the culture, you are the cultivator. Can you, can you drill into that a little bit? Yeah. And, and I'm absolutely referring to anyone who is in a position to lead. Anyone. And frankly, leadership doesn't come with a title. Leadership is an attitude, it's a behavior, right? So I can say, yes, I am the design executive for my team. But do I act in a way that is one of a leader? Basically, do I act in a way where people would want to follow me, right? And so this idea of cultivator has to do with we want to create environments that people want to be in. That's what we're doing. We're designing environments people want to be in and do their best work. And so it's not, it's not that we are the culture. We're helping to shape the culture. So that's, that's what I mean when I talk about we're cultivators, we're not the culture. We make up the culture, but our job is to do the thing that will make our cultures the best. Thank you very much, Shani. I hope you look forward to the rest of the day. Yes, indeed. You're welcome. And it's great to finally meet you. <laughs> Ask a couple in front of us, sure. Ken Volk from Kronos. You just listened to Shani's talk there. What was your takeaway? Biggest thing I had as a takeaway was she started with what's your core product. Most people, when they talk culture, start with your people. So it was a very interesting spin to say, all right, well, what is actually my people going to be doing? I have to put that at the center of what I do instead of starting with my people at the center. Now, she quickly jumped to people and talked about how they all need to be driving to that same purpose, whether they're remote, whether they're contractors or full-time employees. But that idea of first assessing, like, why do you even exist, I think sometimes gets skipped. And I think that was a, a very valid point she made that you don't usually hear people throw out when they're talking culture. Ken, thank you very much. I'm Kirsten Dorsch. I am the video team lead at Coca-Cola Studios. And did you enjoy that last talk from Shani? Oh, it was fabulous. You know, we're, we're in a position where we are rebranding ourselves and redefining our culture and what it is with a new group of creatives. And what I found so interesting um, was particularly her talk on the design culture. I loved her quote that um, you are not the culture, you are the cultivator because I think that's so true. You create this idea, you create this culture, but you need to foster it, you need to grow it, and you need to embody it, but encourage others to do so. And, and it's not one person, it's not one thing. 
it's a whole being and a whole idea. Um, the other things that resonated, I think, I loved the um, pixel perfect practice. Um, and I love that because it, it brings design into the perfection. And I think um, it's not perfection, but it's striving for it. And it's that attention to detail at such a small scale that makes all the difference in the world. You know, we always say it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. And I think that pixel perfect, or that pixel perfect practice can apply to both sides. Absolutely. So, Kirsten, who have we got talking next? Next, we're going to hear from Bloomberg. And I'm um, looking forward to their, to their discussion. Me too. Thank you, Kirsten. So, Bloomberg's CMO, Deirdre Bigley, and global head of their own in-house studio, Mike Eisenreich, were up next to give a two-handed talk entitled One Vision, One Voice. They discussed starting an in-house agency from scratch within an established 25-year-old company that had many facets. Deirdre, that was a fantastic presentation. Thank you very much. It looks like you had to carve an agency out of, out of nothing, really. Uh, quite a challenge. Yeah, it's a very big challenge. I think when you go into, you know, something that, you know, maybe has a, you know, six people in it um, and you're trying to build a full-fledged marketing organization, everything is a decision. Everything is, you know, you have to find the technology. You have to, you know, figure out how you're actually going to get that work done. I mean, it, there's nothing there. So things that in your previous job you took for granted because all those tools were at your fingertips – they're not anymore and you have to build all those tools so that it was it was surprising to us that it, we thought we were going to hit the ground running and really it was a it was a year two years of just building the groundwork for it right any any uh, did you go down any blind alleys along the way or, or was it pretty straightforward yeah, we went down some blind alleys. You know, our first email system didn't work for us at all. Um, that was a mistake. Um, I think we, we went big into, you know, a research team, a brand team, and I don't think we actually really needed that. So I think as we've evolved and as we've gotten, you know, we know the company better and better, um, we know what avenues we have to go down and we have to be willing to shift. So things that might have been very important to us at one point over time become less important and we have to be able to shift quickly into these new areas. Well it seems a big part of the success is the man standing next to you who I guess you recruited. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, so I'm Mike Eisenreich. I lead the Bloomberg Studio team which includes our brand digital uh, creative and content teams. So did Didra hand you this task and say build me an agency and uh, if so what did you do next? Uh, somewhat. Uh, I've been within the, the team for several years and uh, marketing was new about 10 years ago. Deirdre was employee number two in marketing. Uh, more or less, there were some people who kind of came along, but we were growing uh, very organically and silos were kind of forming. And yeah, Deirdre had the strategic vision to, to put it all together, to try and unify the groups, to align to something a little bit of a higher order so that we could truly have collaboration and get the best creative solutions out of the team. Because we had, we had really great people. It's just that there were tools, processes, other dynamics that were keeping them from achieving full potential. Right, okay. And you say you said made quite a claim there in the presentation. You said you built an in-house agency like no other, which is quite a claim when you're standing in front of people running in-house agencies. What would you say is the key differentiator? Well, I think for, for our team, and, and to, to clarify, that was in a video, so we had license to be somewhat uh, <laughs> braggadocious, but uh, yeah, you know, I think for, for uh, the, we believe our company is, is very unique. Every company should, 
anyone who works for a company should feel like their company is unique, right? Um, we're standing here at McDonald's headquarters. They're a unique company in comparison to other, other things. The, the, the thing that was very unique about our company is we have to, we have to tell market, clear marketing and communication messages to very discerning audiences who are dealing with highly complicated subjects. And so you're talking about financial services, cutting across into media and other business verticals. The challenge for us was to respond to these very uh, abstract concepts in a creative way that made sense, that was cohesive. And so it's not to say that we, uh, I think, are doing anything that's far exceptional. I mean, there are certainly lots of other great uh, in-house agencies, for sure. Uh, for, for us, we believe that we have figured out how to sit the intersection within our own company for content design technology to do great work. Obviously, a lot more to do and can always improve. But uh, for, for us, we feel that we are the in the right place to give the company that we work for what they need because we've grown organically. Thank you, guys. You've got a plane to catch. Thank Cheers. My name is Teresa Martin. I'm a managing director with Deloitte. Uh, I am the leader of account management and integrated operations in our in-house agency called the Green Dot Shop. And I, I saw you talking to Mike and Deirdre after their talk. You, you seem to have quite a few questions for them. Yes, they, uh, they are, were the agency of the year, and, and we knew that, and they were one of the companies I really wanted to learn from here today. And what especially intrigued you about what they had to say? Um, I think just understand we're on the same journey and uh, just understanding how they uh, were addressing some of the same issues we're addressing, particularly related to um, views. And we're a professional services organization similar to their financial services. So just how marketing's viewed and, and the brand that we build around ourselves. Yeah. Teresa, thank you very much. Okay, so so I got Todd Miller here, and uh, Inside Jobs fans will remember him from episode ten when uh, when I interviewed you, Todd. You just gave a talk there uh, about your agency, the Cooler at Experian, and um, you told me when we interviewed that you got to start with the idea, and you can build out from there and go in any direction. And in fact, in your talk, you did the same thing there. You seem to have a single idea, which was that when building your in-house agency don't start by trying to build an agency. Why not? And what do you do that's different? Well, I, I think that we have certain preconceptions that are the reasons we're afraid of in-house agencies, because they're not the, um, the system that we've gotten so accustomed to. As I had said in the talk, I, I've been at dozens of agencies, and it's all kind of the same thing. And there's a method that we've kind of grown up with. And I think as well as in-house being, you know, as I had said, you know, some people feel the death of creative. Is it scary? Because I don't know what the model will be. Now, what the point I was trying to make is when I went into an in-house, I went in for the real reasons of the fact that, I, as I said on the podcast, I wanted to see my kids. Um, but... I also went in there being an agency guy, and that's what I did first was, okay, I'm going to build an agency. And it's, it, that model is not right, even though it's at dozens and dozens of agencies I've worked at. That model is not right for in-house. I, I think I don't even know what's right. I'm learning it right now. But I think that's, the excite, that's what's exciting is figuring out how to build it. It so, is something new. So what fundamentally are the differences that you figured out so far? between an agency and an in-house agency that maybe you've, you've, learned, you've learned along the way? 
I, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the kind of false sense of separation. Or actually, it's a real sense of separation that I was trying to create falsely is that, you know, the creatives, you're at an agency, let's face it, you know, marketers, we think we're the hipsters. You know, we come in, we fly in, we do this great presentation, all the bells and whistles, and I loved it. I mean, I loved doing that. And then we split and we do the magic. I mean, now, that that was a great model, but now in-house I didn't realize, besides, okay, I'm going to back up a little, being fearful that we didn't have that. What it ultimately became is I was wrong, is that we have so much exposure and so much learning and being embedded with the team. I would never learn uh, all these things about uh, about product development. I would never be exposed to all these things, you know, all this bit of information about how TV spots and social are working. We're kind of, to some degree, creatives are cut off for that. I don't think anybody cuts us off intentionally, but it's just something that we don't talk about. But you also mentioned that you're involved with product development now, which would never have happened, right? Absolutely. I mean, as as I had uh, alluded to, I mean, you know, from being a car guy as well, there are sometimes you're like, we've got a great idea. If there was just one more cup holder, like this car would just sell like crazy. And you're like, okay, you go to the product team, like, what if you put in one more cup holder and it's, you know, designed, you know, six years ago, it's like, yeah, we'll get a cup holder another six years. Whereas now we are with the product development team. They're asking our insight. We're asking their insight and we are understanding the product so much more because of that relationship. And listen, we're, we're trying to make it, you know, so consumers are interested in it. We're trying to make it so it helps uh, you know, some perhaps hole in their lives and makes things easier, which is the same thing the product people are trying to do. And they're, they have an incredible way of building things. But when we team together, we can build incredible things and also know better ways to market them. So that's an added value to in-house agencies that no one talks about. Oh, well, I didn't realize no one talked about it, but it's certainly pretty amazing. The amount that I've learned, and listen, creatives, whether we're learning the latest version of Photoshop or we're watching some cultural you know, thing go on and learning about Snapchat, we love learning stuff. That's what makes this interesting. That's what keeps this world from being stale. And being having this opportunity to learn so much again, which isn't again like, oh, here comes another version of Photoshop. It really is every day creatives are learning something new. We're being exposed to stuff. We're problem solving. We're figuring stuff out in ways that we never had before. And it's endless. So don't tell me that working in in-house agencies is boring for creatives. Todd Miller, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. I appreciate it. The last talk of the day was given by our host, Matt Croft, who is the Director of Project Strategy at McDonald's. The move to their new office coincided with a lot of changes at McDonald's, not least was their in-house creative unit. Halved in size and forced to rethink their place within the new corporate firmament, they tapped consultant Marta Stiglin to help them take a long, hard look at themselves. Their talk was the brutally honest story of that. Well, Matt, you gave the last talk uh, along with Marta, and I think of all the talks, yours stood out most because it was, shall we say, frank in the extreme. You were actually very open about uh, a survey that you'd done of your clients within McDonald's, and uh, I'm sure there were lots of good things that weren't mentioned, but you you focused on the bad things, but you, you seem to have used that to, to influence what you were doing with your, your kind of uh, the agency that you were rebuilding at that point. And, and I'm curious, in what ways did that really steer your direction? So um, ultimately, when we started working with Marta, she, she had kind of posed a question that 
kind of stood out to us, which was the, if you really want to be, how can you be a truly client-centric organization without involving them in the process of your model, right? So, um, you know, we, again, have gotten client feedback in the past, but it's usually very sanitized when it's you and the client, either via written word or even when you're talking face-to-face with them. So bringing in a third party, you get some pretty honest, raw, almost too honest to an extent uh, feedback. So Marta interviewed 30 of our key clients um, and, again, got some very, very useful but at first kind of like you you read this and you're like wow this is not easy to hear right you got to get past that and and understand that um our clients want us to succeed they want us to do well they want us they want to use us they see the value in using us um but there's some things that we need to do from a client experience standpoint um to 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 kind of re-earn and reprove ourselves uh, to our clients. So. So, so so, what were the major steps that you took? What were the kind of two or three main things that you took away from that feedback and that you've either implemented or in the process of implementing? Um, I think the one thing, the, really one key learning is our structure was is not necessarily right because um, the way we're currently structured, it's very much by discipline and it's not necessarily surrounded and around the client. So we are... Um, currently restructuring as it, with client teams. So each client will have a consistent experience with um, a team of a, an account manager, a creative lead, and a, a project manager that will always be on their projects. So they'll know who to call, they'll know who they're working with all the time because that is a key thing. Our clients just didn't know who to talk to uh, when things came up with us. And I think the other thing is just our creative quality, the output of our creative was probably not where our clients wanted to be. I think a lot of that has to do with, again, because the experience wasn't so great, it, it tends to detract from the creative that you do put out there, um, you know, because I think we do do really good creative work. But again, perception is reality. You have to, to, to fix what they think is right. So by adding that creative lead to that client team and having them very close to that, that is really going to help us um, from a creative standpoint in upping that creative game with our clients. Okay, so remove the friction in your client engagement and raise your, raise your creative game. Matt, I want to thank you very much for hosting today's event. It's been amazing, and you put on quite a show. We just had a terrific tour of the brand-new building. It's about a year old. Uh, yeah, just about a year. We moved in May of 2018. So, And I think it sets the way for a new way of working, actually, as well. Yeah. So thank you very much indeed. All right, thank you. Thank you. I'm Brooke Butterfield. I am the Senior Creative Manager for Hims. Great. So, Brooke, you were there for the afternoon session. We had Todd Miller from Experian. We had Matt from McDonald's. What did you, uh, what did you take away from there? Anything you can apply? Uh, actually, yes. Both were particularly relevant. We are um, going through a rebrand and a reorganization right now and uh, of our team, of our internal team. Uh, creative team um, so uh, you know the, the idea of having a uh, in-house agency and not modeling it after the ad agency model was particularly helpful um, and I believe that was from Todd Miller's presentation and then McDonald's you know it was really refreshing to hear um, kind of the struggles that they're going through because we're kind of going through um, some similar struggles so um, really learned a lot about how they are addressing those Great, Brooke, thank you very much. So Emily, uh, that was, uh, I think, a pretty successful day for everyone. 
Yeah, we've heard great feedback so far as we wrap up today at our networking reception, and folks seem to have enjoyed themselves. It was a wonderful day hosted by McDonald's and some really great content shared by our speakers. Okay, well, well done to IHEP and the team. What's the next big event in the pipeline? We have our in-house agency roundtables happening in June in six different cities across the country. Will I see you there, Robert? Uh, yeah, I might, might make one or two, I have to say, in the sunny cities. Awesome. Look forward to it. So, and after that, the conference is in November, yeah? Yes, November 13th and 14th, back in Boston. We'll see you there. Look forward to it. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Robert. Well, I had a fantastic day at McDonald's New HQ in Chicago, and I want to thank not only Matt and Joe for being the consummate hosts at the event, but also Emily Foster and the IHAF team for organizing such a brilliant event. If you've not been to any of IHAF's events before, then you really ought to consider looking at their website and signing up for some of those roundtables, maybe occurring near you. I also want to thank my producer, Pratik Srivastava, for making these things happen, and the Express KCS crew for handling the editing, the website, and, well, pretty much anything else that makes this happen. If you do enjoy this podcast, and I'm assuming you do if you're still listening, then do please do yourself and me a favor and recommend us to a friend, or if you get the chance, why not post a comment and a review to iTunes? It would be much appreciated. Also, you can find all the previous episodes listed on InsideJobsPodcast.org, as well as sign up to our exclusive listeners' email. See you next time.